Right, good to have you here tonight for our midweek service. Tonight we'll be looking at Acts chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, and then skip down to verse 20. So Acts 12, 1 through 3, and then verse 20. Let's take a look at God's word there. Acts 12, 1, about that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with a sword, and when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread. It's interesting. Um, here we see a persecution that's, that's taken to the degree of James um, losing his life. Excuse me, John. He killed James, excuse me. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword, it says in verse 2. And uh, Herod was a wicked, evil, and violent man. And he killed James. James and John, if you remember in the gospel, were called the sons of thunder, the sons of Zebedee. So they were followers of Christ. And they went on to be a testimony for Christ, and, and Herod went and he killed one. We talked last time we met. Of course, we didn't meet last week with the 4th of July. The last time we got together in this passage, we talked about how in God's uh, sovereignty, he, um, he allowed James, James lost his life. James was killed by Herod, and yet Peter was spared. And the rest of the story speaks of Peter um, being rescued from the jail. And we often think as, as believers, I know uh, I see this in the Psalms a lot, and we go, Lord, how, how long will your people suffer? Uh, I think about that as we go through this ministry. It's, it's one of the reasons uh, we pray, Lord, help us. Um, and not just so much a torment-type suffering, but I want God's word to have an impact. I want God's word to, to break forth in lives, and I don't always see it happening the way I want it to happen. I really want Christ to rule and reign in everything, and that hasn't happened yet. It's not happening in, on this earth uh, to the degree it's going to happen, and it's guaranteed it's going to happen, but it's not there yet. And so as believers, that has to affect us to some degree. Uh, the believers there were trying to teach, try, trying to take the gospel out, and they were constantly being uh, uh, assaulted and, and under persecution. And yet God was using that persecution uh, to further his word. But something else happens in, in verse 20. We see that those who um, abuse God's people, God does uh, speak to, God does deal with in, 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 uh, in some real ways. And so let's look at verse 20. It says, now Herod... <clears throat> was angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, and they came to him with one accord, and having persuaded Blastus, the king's chamberlain, they asked for peace, because their country depended on the countries, on the king's country for food. <coughs> so we see people of these countries, Tyre and Sidon, um, coming to Herod and, and trying to get some agreement, trying to, to work some things out. They, they needed each other. And so here's what happens. Verse 21. On an, appoint, on an appointed day, Herod put on his royal robes, took his seat upon the throne, 
and delivered an oration to them. There's some history written uh, about this time. Josephus is one of the, the uh, Jews that writes a, a, a history, and he tells us that um, Herod's robe were, were lined with silver. And so it glittered in the sun as he came out. This is a guy who loves to get attention and loves to get glory. And so he got all dressed up in his, in his fancy garb. He's the king. He's acting like, like he's just it. And uh, we see what happens. In the Bible talks about those who exalt themselves, God will bring down. Those who are humble, God would lift up. And Herod is certainly not a humble one, and God is going to deal with him. Verse 22, and the people were shouting, the voice of a God and not of a man. So he, he gave a speech in all his royal appear, apparel, and the people praised him. And we'll see what happens in his response. What we're going to see here is his immediate uh, uh, response, his heart's response to what happened. If you remember a couple chapters back, Peter had been called by God to go and give the gospel to uh, Cornelius, who was a, um, a, 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 a Roman a a soldier, and he was a Gentile. And the gospel came into his house, and God had told Cornelius that, that uh, he should send for Peter and that Peter would come and give him a message that would bring salvation. When Peter arrived in his house, Cornelius, who was, was a man of high stature, he bowed down before Peter. And, and Peter was surprised at that. And without thinking about it, he just said, hey, hey, I'm a man just like you. Don't worship me. Hold your praise. That belongs to God and to God alone. So we see Peter's reaction to that type of a thing. And now look at Herod's reaction. The people see him in his royal garb and they say, wow, this is a God, not, not a normal man. This is a God. What happens to him? Verse 23, immediately it says, immediately an angel of the Lord struck him down. Now it doesn't give us the detail of how that happened. The writer Luke says an angel of the Lord struck him down. So we don't know if those who were there present was able to see um, this angel and see what he did, but we know um, that it was clear that this was a, a, a strike from God. This wasn't an accident. This wasn't a, a general type sickness. This was something that happened right away as a result of him accepting his praise. And so it says here, because he did not give God the glory. And so the reason scripture is given, has given us exactly why this happened to Herod. And so we see the contrast between him and, and Peter, how Peter, when he was, was praised, he didn't receive it. He says, I'm just a man. That's, that doesn't belong to me. Worship God. We see that in other parts of Scripture as well. One, one very practical thing that we can see from this is that no matter how God works in our lives, we have to be careful um, to give him praise. And let me say this, not just with what we say, 
Because God isn't impressed or fooled by what we say. He wants it to be the true heart expression. And that's why I pointed out Peter, because Peter didn't have time to think about this. He simply reacted and responded. I shudder sometimes when I, when I see people and they think that they're giving praise to God and, and really all they're doing is, is seeking attention for themselves. Be very, very careful about that. Um, how we go about our regular lives, how do we give God the glory? Um, so we need to do that not just in word only, but in our hearts and in, in, in our heart in, within to give God the praise and the worship that he deserves. It's interesting. Here's a time, uh, and I think it kind of shows us sometimes our greatest time of testing is not necessarily hardship, but when we get, when, when good times come, when other people praise us, where is our heart in that? Do we gloat in that praise? Do we do like a sponge and, and just soak it all up? Sometimes we can be quiet and not say anything, but we can be soaking that all up inwardly, and, and God isn't, isn't honored by that either because he sees right through to our hearts. So what we need to do is, is to give him his correct due. And again, like I said, um, it's not a fake thing. It's not something that we just, words that we say. I remember as a young boy, we used to always start testimonies by, by the words, giving glory to God. And that became just a saying. Um, and, and I would laugh at some people. They, they would say things like, giving glory to God. I want to tell you, um, basically, and they go on to say how great they were today, how good they were, how righteous they were, how they... Uh, upheld some standard. I said, wow, do you really understand what it is you're saying and, and how you have, have taken that glory back and given, putting that attention back on yourself? Herod was not ashamed to bring attention to himself and to steal, um, to, to try and receive glory for himself. God was not pleased with that. It says here, that an angel struck him down, and it gives us a reason, because he did not give God the glory. God wants the glory in everything because it belongs to him. Our church was transformed when we began to see doctrinally how we ought to give God the glory in our salvation, and it's not based on what we have done, even a decision that we make. It is God's election, it's God's choosing, it's God's doing. He gets all the glory. And we see that God is indeed a jealous God and, and that um, he doesn't take lightly to anyone who, who steals glory. So verse 23, immediately an angel of the Lord struck him down. He did not get, because he did not give God the glory. And he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. I'm not sure what that all means, how that happened. Not a, it's not a pretty scene, but it says a couple things. The angels struck him down, then it says he was eaten by worms, and, and he breathed his last. So, but this we know is that the Bible tells us that what happened him, to him is attributed to God. It was not an accident. It was not random. We need to know that God is real, that God is powerful, 
that God deserves and seeks the glory for himself. Notice the next verse, though. But the word of God increased and multiplied. The word of God increased and multiplied. God is sure. This is the thing that encourages me. God is sure to advance his program. And he's going to do that. And nobody is going to get in the way. And when others tried to get in the way, Herod tried to get in the way by bringing persecution, by killing uh, James. And he thought to do the same to Peter. And God took him out. God is a serious God. He does not play. Um, and we need to, to worship him um, with that in mind. Right. about it is that God gives us something perfect to meditate on, which is his word. And as we meditate on his word, hurt our minds to the lie. And if you don't renew your mind enough, you could fall into the trap of thinking that the world is the way that the world describes it. And that's what meditation does. Meditation is rebending our mind. We think of our mind as a spoon. Has always been in us this way. We're bending us that way. And when we meditate, we take that spoon with the strong hand of God and bend it back the straight way it should be. So I think it's something really cool to meditate on in this last third of the chapter. It says, In the twenty in the twelfth year of our exile, in the tenth month, on the fifth day of the month, a fugitive from Jerusalem came to me and said, The city has been struck down. Now the hand of the Lord had been upon me the evening before the fugitive come, came. And he opened my mouth by the time the man came to me in the morning. So my mouth was open, and I was no longer mute. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, the inhabitants of these waste places in the land of Israel keep saying, Abraham was only one man, yet he got possession of the land. But we are many. The land is surely given us to us to possess. Therefore say to them, thus says the Lord God, you shall eat flesh, you eat flesh with the blood, and lift up your eyes to the idols and shed blood. Shall you then possess the land? You rely on the sword. You commit abominations, and each of you defiles his neighbor's wife. Shall you then possess the land? Say this to them, thus says the Lord God, as I live, surely those who are in the waste places shall fall by the sword. And whoever is in the open field, I will give to the beast to be devoured. And those who are in the strongholds and in caves shall die by pestilence. And I will make the land a desolation and a waste. And her proud might shall come to an end. And the mountains of Israel shall be so desolate that none will pass through. Then they will know that I am the Lord. When I have made the land a desolation and a waste. Because of all their abominations that they have committed. As for you, son of man, your people who talk together about you by the walls and at the doors of the houses. Say to one another, each to his brother, come and hear what the word of the, that comes from the Lord. And they come to you as people come. And they sit before you as my people. And they hear what you say, but they will not do it. For with lustful talk in their mouths they act. Their heart is set on their game. And behold, you are to them like one who sings lustful songs with a beautiful voice and plays well on an instrument. For they hear what you say, but they will not do it. 
for this comes and come it will then they will know that a prophet has been among you meditating on this all today God is in the beginning he was struck by silence it's not something that you normally think of a prophet by you don't need to think of a prophet as being forced to be silent by God but he couldn't even speak because the hand of God was on him and the word that he heard was not good it reminds me of us in the church sometimes we hear about somebody in sin when we look at others that are in the church and we see trouble, and we just go, oh, man. Sometimes you can even see the trouble coming before they see it coming. I see how you acting. You know, some men, they looking at everything. You put your best foot forward. If that's your best foot, wait to see what the normal foot is. And so sometimes we hear, just like Ezekiel heard, we hear bad what happens is some people will try to buck themselves up by false confidence and I attribute and I'm not saying this to be racial but I think this is the only way to describe it I think there is a false black religion that is based purely on being positive you know what I'm saying you hear this thought of not letting any negative people be around you and that's become a religion to many people saying negative people is good but what I'm saying is positivity is now a religion and promising people good that God didn't promise them is considered godly oh you will succeed brother and sister you will be blessed these are the promises that people make I don't know where they get the right to make those promises and so what happens is people make these promises and that's what was going on in Ezekiel's day you, we gonna be blessed. If Abraham could do it and he was just one family, can't we do it? God is like, no. And you know, the thing about it is, the reason that God says no is because he promised Abraham. He didn't promise the people. And Abraham was faithful and these people were not faithful. And so God points out the differences in their actions. But the end part is what really struck me. And doesn't it strike you? that they really was excited to hear what Ezekiel had to say. They loved hearing his sermons. Because you got to imagine Ezekiel's sermons had to be. Man, like you leave there feeling on fire. But God said, oh yeah, they love gossiping about you. They be talking about you. They're not going to do it. And I fear that our own church, that we can hear great preaching and great teaching, we can go home and half do it. We can go home and tell somebody, oh yeah, you know, somebody living in sin. Oh man, I hope the pastor see them because they need to be tossed out of the church and think nothing of ourselves. That we can go home and our kids can be like, well, you know, I don't want to go to church because I want to study for my test. And we think that's okay. And we teach them to put that above the things of God. In other words, the commitments and the promises that we make when we sing our praise songs, do they really matter or strike the heart? Or do they just become something that we just say because we around each other? And that's what I fear the most. I fear it even in my own self, right? Because we all want to look good and we all know how to look good. 
in front of others. We know the right things to say, but nobody can see what's behind that veil above your face to your thoughts. What's going on? What are you and your husband, what do you and your wife talk about? How is it really going on? What a friend we have in Jesus, but we are hiding secrets from our own friends. We see flesh to flesh. So I want to challenge us. Not like be, to not be like those people of Israel. And I believe that there really is good, sincere faith. But I think it's always good to challenge ourselves because there's hypocrisy and hidden layers in every one of us. And so the more that we can take off that veil and be honest and for real, the better we'll be. Because you'll look bad at first, but God will reprove you. You could try to look good for a lifetime and never be correct. Isn't that the truth? So that's the meditation for today that may stay with us. Let's strive to be for real. All the time. Amen. Of events coming up. I'm gonna ask you, what's the purpose of the events that we that we participate in at church? Guys. We're, in as, we're not as good as the ladies when it comes to planning stuff. About <laughs> the jump rope cap. It's going to be a big production. <laughs> and, you know, we've been, we've been announcing, we, we, and I'm, 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 I'm chief amongst us, okay, when it comes to, to stuff like that. We having this men's fellowship. I want to, we've been, I'd, you know, so here's, here's what happened. It was my idea, so I say, hey, Pastor, we should do this. So, be careful, because when you when you when you tell Pastor what you want to do, guess who's going to end up doing it? <laughs> I say, this is a good idea. Okay, Cliff, why don't you you know? All right. So, so we have a we have some men at the Milwaukee Rescue Mission that we want to minister to, and uh, Dale has been on me to put the list up. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I told my wife, I said, yeah, that'll be cool. You can hang out with Mickey. I don't want to stay up there all day. <laughs> so she didn't bite Mickey, you know. But anyway, uh, we're going to have some men from the Milwaukee Rescue Mission that we want to minister to. And we want to show them what it looks like to live true victory. And so we're going to, Willie's inviting us over. Me and him will get together tomorrow morning and, and finalize everything. So. Uh, that's July 14th. I want to pray for all the men. If, we, if you can come out, it's going to be from 12 to 3 after, after choir rehearsal. We're going to get together and go over there. A boys camp Monday, the 16th. Um, and I know that we're going to have the boys camp is going to be the rope camp because the jump rope camp is going to be big and loud and all around the world. <laughs> Okay. All right. Amen. We have the Grace Partners picnic. And I didn't realize at the place that I work how involved the Grace Partners are. And how respect pray for the men's fellowship this coming Saturday. I would like a volunteer to pray. And then boys camp Monday. I remember going to a, the first time I went to a Bible conference. 
this guy stood up and he said, if anybody can get a prayer up, stand up and pray. So I'm asking for people who can get prayers up, okay? That's going to make it past. Anybody who can get a prayer up. There's some prayer warriors in here. Uh, we're going to pray for the men's fellowship, boys' camp, jump rope camp, and then the Grace Partners picnic. And by way of announcement about the Grace Partners picnic, even if you don't have funds, I need to know about how many people are going. So put your name on the list out there and the number of announcement about that. We, when we planned it, <coughs> they said, well, you know, why don't you, you know, they, you know how nice they are to us. And, you know, we gotta, we gotta step up and, and step to the plate about our portion. Volunteer for the Men's Fellowship. Can I see a hand? Charles, boys camp. Nick, jump rope camp. Donna, and Grace Partners Picnic, Sister Beverly. Okay, in that order, let's, let's ask God's blessing on these events. Lord, we thank you, Lord, as we reflect on the purpose that these events are uh, taking place, Lord, and our deeds before men to glorify ourselves, but it's to present the gospel, present a picture of lives living for you, Lord, call them to yourselves, Lord, and that we will continually battle right here on this corner uh, for your, your gospel, Lord, for your people, and uh, we pray your blessings upon each one of these events in your name. A lot of stuff going on on Saturday. All right, so that's one of our prayer requests, right? No? All right, so let's take some prayer requests. You going to pray for that? Oh, go ahead. 